July 12, 2023. We're in Masechet If you count from the top of the Amud down, where it's 11 lines down, the Gemara says, Hizra, Rav Nachman Asar, Verav Sheshat Share. And if you recall, the context of the Gemara, for all intents and purposes, was wood, how it could or when it may be used on Yom Tov. We had an opinion mentioned in the Mishnah and reiterated in the Gemara that wood can and should only be used if it's being uh, uh, a starter for a fire or the continued fire um, uh, a source. If it's going to be used for anything else, it might be considered mukseh. In turn, the Gemara over here talks about something called a hizra. Well, what is a hizra? If you'll take a look at well, Rashi, Rashi defines it for us a little bit down, maybe 15 lines down on the side in Rashi from where we're reading. Anaf et shuhad kakos. It's a, a, a branch of a tree which is, um, which is sharp like a thorn. What would you use it for? Viraui litok'o basili, kimin shvud, velislotbo. And it could be used um, like a shvud. A shvud is a. Um, uh, what's it called when you when you put uh, a skewer? It's, it could be used like a skewer in order to uh, roast things on it. So is that permitted to use on Yom Tov or not? Again, if it was before Yom Tov crafted as such, so that's a keli, that's not a problem, that wouldn't be mukseh. Over here, you picked up this hizra, you picked up a sharp-edged, um, thin wood piece. Um, is that permitted to be used? Rav Nachman Asav, Rav Sheshat, Sharet, Mahlok, it says the Gemara. Rashi, Rav Nachman Asar, Biyom Tov, Mushum Dumuksen Inhu, Little Tel, Shelo Asa Olikeli, Mibbeod Yom. You didn't establish it, you didn't craft it, you didn't set it aside as a keli, as a utensil, Mibbeod Yom, before Yom Tov. Explains the Gemara two versions as to exactly under what circumstances Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshat disagreed. First and foremost, Biritiva Kule when it comes to a moist hizra, a moist branch, everyone would agree that it's asur, even Rav Sheshat. Rav Sheshat, who was the permitting opinion, if it was a moist piece of, uh, of hizra, even he would agree it's asur. Why would even he agree in such a circumstance? Rashi, In such a circumstance, since it's moist, you wouldn't and couldn't use it in order to start a fire. And since you couldn't use it as a fire starter or something that would be used as firewood, it certainly is, in, in the context of Yom Tov, to be considered mukseh. So if it's a moist piece of hizra, it's certainly asur. Ki pilige, palig means to be split. When do they disagree? Rav Nachman, Rav Sheshat. Beyabeshta, in a dry piece of uh, branch Hizra. Man de Asar, the opinion who says it's Asur, Amar His opinion's quite clear. It's what we were working with until now. It's what we mentioned just a few moments ago. It's true, you could use wood on Yom Tob, but only for fire. You can't use it for anything else. Consistent. It means that since I'm maintaining that wood is asur in general, unless it's being used for fire, in this circumstance, yes, it's being used as a skewer, but it's going to be asur. Uman deshare. What about the opinion who permits? Amar lecha malilislot bo, malilislot begahalto. 
the alternative opinion who permits, the opinion of Rav Sheshat, he would exclaim, perhaps his, his remark would be as follows, Gahelet, of course, means a coal, which means to say we're imagining the piece of wood, if it's being used as something to keep the fire going, as like a coal. So I notice his expression goes like this. Since the skewer, since this piece of wood could be used directly as the fire starter, but at the same time it could be used a step removed, uh, putting it into the fire together with the meat on it, Really, what's the difference? Ultimately speaking, it's so finely, so fine a line distinguishing between it's actually being placed in the fire or being used as part of the cooking process in the fire, being placed into it, they should both be permitted. So again, to summarize the two opinions then in this first version, everybody agrees if this hizra is wet, if it's moist, it can't be used. Why not? Because this piece of wood could not and would not and will not be used ever as a part of a fire. Alternatively, can I use it when it's dry? Well, when it's dry, since, says one opinion, it could be thrown into the fire and just be used as firewood. By extension, what's the difference if I'm roasting with it, so to speak, as a coal, or I'm using it itself? Question? Isn't there a concept of a normally muxia item that you use it for a different purpose? You'd be able to, like a hand would expect a nut. So why this wet piece of wood, you're to Good question. So Jeffrey says that he knows the concept of mukseh mehamat isur, we'll define that in a moment, is asur letzorech gufo or mekomo, which means to say if there's something, his example was a hammer, um, which normally would be used as a matter of isur, binyan, you could reappropriate it on Yom Tov and use it for sorech gufo, for something else, that's mutar. That's only when the item you're talking about is a keli, it's a utensil, like a hammer. When it's rocks or wood, those are not keli, and that's what we call mukseh mehamat gufo. Mukseh mehamat gufo is asur, even for sorek gufo mekomo. However, if you were meyahed, if you set it aside before Yom Tov, mukseh mehamat gufo is mutar anyway. But that's, I took this wet wood before, it would be okay. And I said I'm going to use this as a skewer, it would be permitted. So and the other way is that it's good Correct. That is, that's the claim of Rav Sheshat. He says, ultimately speaking, it's very close usage with regards, in, in terms of very closely affiliated usages with regards to so what that, you're doing over that's here. That's a big stretch, though, because then we see that he's calling it the same use, but it's not the same use. First. But it's like, a, it's like a migol. It's like a conceptual thing. Since it could be used for that, and it literally could be used for that, it can be used for this but as well. you have something else. You're cooking on it. It certainly is different, but the point is, since it's susceptible, that's his, that's his suggestion. You're not going to like the Ikadamre, Jared. Ikadamre Yeshe Omrim, this is a different version. It goes like this. The different version says, Both Rav Sheshat and even Rav Nachman agree that if it's a dry piece of a twig or a stick, the Hizra, it would be permitted. Everybody agrees. What would be the rationale, as we spoke out a moment ago? What's the difference if you're using it as a coal or you're using it as a skewer? The mahlok is specifically and only. When it's wet. The opinion who says it's asur to use a hizra when it's moist. 
He says it's lahaze, it's not raui, it's not appropriate to be used. Lahasaka can't be burnt. And as a result of it not being able to be burnt, it can't be used for anything. Uman deshare, what about the permitting opinion? How do you rationalize that? It is raui for a large fire. When you have a large bonfire and you throw in a moist piece of wood, it will become a part of it. It'll, because of the strength of the fire, because of the size of the fire, because of the size of the bonfire, it will be included and help, ultimately speaking, even though it's moist. Now, you might not be dealing per se, you probably aren't with a hesek gadol, with a large bonfire. Nonetheless, the fact that it could be used in that circumstance, that's the extension, and, and being used for wood, uh, for fire as wood, uh, in turn permits it to be used as a hizra, as a, uh, as a skewer in this circumstance. Uh, that's what we have in our Gemara, then two versions. Tosafot, similar to the question they asked on Rashi yesterday, uh, points out the following. Rashi's interpretation to our Gemara, for good reason, is that all these lines that we just read are all with the assumption that Mukseh is Asur, that we're going like Rabbi Yehuda. After all, the whole assumption in our Gemara seems clear. It's because wood can only be used for fire. Anything else is Asur. That's a Mukseh statement. That's only Rabbi Yehuda. Says Rashi, our whole Gemara is only going according to Rabbi Yehuda, not Rabbi Shimon. It's strange. It's, a, it's, it's, it's a peculiar, says Tosafot. A, my words, that the Gemara didn't note that. And B, we don't always follow Biuda. We might follow Bishimon. Might have the permit. So why is the Gemara just matter-of-factly stating that everyone seems to agree with this? So Tosafot on the left-hand side in Dibura Matkhil Vihilchita, the second Tosafot, uh, says the following, Piresh Rashi, Dihilchita Ikba Aliba Demandi Itle Mukseh. The Gemara is establishing, based on the opinion, you have mukseh, and in turn, wood may only be used for burning. However, we, who the halacha follows the opinion of Kirbi Shimon, it would be permitted even, and according to halacha l'ma'aseh, the retiva, the moistened hizra. Uh, Tosafot questions Rashi. It's difficult to state that the Gemara, without stating it explicitly, is telling you a minority or a uh, not followed opinion without explaining to us and making clear that Bishimon disagrees. V'yesh Lomar suggests Tosafot that afilu lor Bishimon denihi di itle shenitenu aitzim shelo lahasaka haynu bedavar harauy lahasaka. The suggestion of Tosafot is that, and we've pointed this out in the past, even Rabbi Shimon has a concept of Mukseh. Even Rabbi Shimon agrees certain things are out of my mind entering into the day. Uh, there's just different uh, levels. There's just different boundaries that distinguish the opinions of Rabbi Udad and Rabbi Shimon. And therefore, if the piece of wood is wet, is moistened, even according to Rabbi Shimon, he would say, you entered into the day, you really had your mind on using that? You weren't going to use that. What were you going to use it for? You were really thinking about using it as, a, no, that's so out of, out of mind, out of, out, of, out, of, out of sight, out of mind. As a result, even Rabbi Shimon, the suggestion of Tosafot, in this circumstance, when I'm dealing with a moistened piece of wood, would agree that you have a problem of mukseh. That's the suggestion of Tosafot. It's an interesting question. We're going to address that in a little bit in the Gemara ahead, and, and the answer will be 
it, it seems clear to me. The Gemara will talk, for example, about Shivre Kelim. So I have a utensil, a wooden utensil. Now, I, I, entering into the holiday, I could use it in order to start and to continue my fire. Then it broke. It no longer has a Shem Keli. It's all considered a Keli. Uh, what's the halacha in such a circumstance? We assume it now became a Mukseh. It's Nolad. It's a new reality. It would be the same thing over here. If it became moistened on the holiday, that would invalidate it as well. Um, it's a great question, though. But, but the concept of Tosafotis is not so simple, though. It just should be noted because you could argue alternatively if you don't maintain Mukseh. If you're of the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, so it's not about burning per se. It means that anything would be permitted, provided that you found some usage for it. In this case, it. if it moistens to dry or is dark. So that's how the question of Kelly that's broken. In the current state, it's moist. I don't know. Does it matter yeah, that it'll dry? Over the, let's say it will. But in the current state, it's not usable. You're saying the fact that down the line it will become dried, yeah, maybe that would make it easier as well. It's an interesting point. Not addressed in the Gemara. And like you said, moist wood in a big fire. Could be used in a big fire, but you're not, you're not building a big fire, right? In other words, it's a theoretical. But the theoretical, yes, could be effective. That's what Tosafot says. According to the Bishimon, it's so theoretical, you could understand, you could comprehend that according to even Rabbi Shimon, the lenient opinion, this would be a stringency. Right, that's what, what the, do we follow with this? We follow Rabbi Shimon with regards to this, but it's far from simple to just say we don't have mukseh. We have mukseh, it's just, you know, it, just gets, it just gets built in, in specific ways. You know, but that's the general principle of this. Says the Gemara, continuing this and finishing the thought of wood usage on Yom Tov, Darash Rava. Rava had the following public derasha statement. Isha, now it's not per se a woman. I guess women normally would do this. A woman should not on Yom Tov go into the storage area of wood in order to take from there an oud. An oud was a utensil which she's designating on Yom Tov that would be used to sweep out the oven. So she'd be taking a piece of wood. What's that? Oh, okay, there you go. So it says, says Musa, how could I? You're also married, Ashkenaziya. I don't understand how you could say that. Does anyone else in the room maybe could say that. Anyway, um, that? Say, no, that's all right. no, I'm sorry. It's, it's the man's job in my home. Uh, anyway, so the statement here goes, uh, you're not allowed to take the wood um, in order to use it. Again, you're not using it as fire. You're using it as a sweeping utensil. Furthermore, ve'ud shenishbar, uh, listen to the words, if it was broken, asur lehasiko biyom tob. You're not allowed to now use that to burn it, right? That's, that's the concept that I was addressing a moment ago uh, together with you, Eli. Um, Rashi, darash rava, three lines down in Rashi, uh, in the wide lines of Rashi, Rashi again reminds us, this whole Gemara in his mind is following the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Lidir, dir etzim, you can't go into the area where the wood's collected. What's ud? Okay, it's a piece of wood which you would use in order to, um, in order to uh, sweep out the, the oven. Uh, just briefly again, keep in mind, this is what Tosafot does throughout this Amud. They question Rashi again. You're telling me another statement in the Gemara. Another statement in the Gemara. It's only following the opinion of Rabbi Huda. If the whole issue, in, at the very least the first statement over here, that the woman's not allowed to go into the storehouse of the wood in order to take the piece of wood is because of Mukseh. And wood is only used for fire. 
How come the Gemara didn't make clear? That's only the opinion of Rabbi Yudah. You can't give me the same answer you gave me earlier that it was wet. We're not dealing with wet wood. How do you explain that? Tosafot, Dibura Matil Darash Rava. It's systematic. Tosafot tells us throughout the Amud, Piresh Rashid, the Kirbi Yudah Sevirale. Valken. Rashi told us the reason that this is Asur is because we're saying you can't go in to take the wood because the wood can only be used for burning. It's strange, it's difficult to claim that the Gemara is going not according to the Halakha, which in their mind is Rabbi Shimon. That suggestion of Tosafot. Hang tight, hang tight. It's, it's even harder. It's harder to wrap your head around, at least in my mind, harder than even the last Tosafot. But you understand what they're trying to do. Tosafot says by taking that piece of wood, the woman is being mitakin mana. As Jared points out, a lot more at stake according to Tosafot. Whereas according to Rashi, we're dealing with an Isur, which is rabbinically uh, restricted, Mukseh. According to Tosafot, Tikkun Mana, unless they're arguing a Dirabanan Tikkun Mana, which they don't tell us. Tikkun Mana is, uh, is a Melachat, one of the 39 Melachot. It's fixing a utensil. It's, it's putting the final touches on it. Well, that being the case, says Tosafot, that's the issue. What are you fixing over here? What happened? You took a piece of wood. What well, Tosafot, this is the hardest part, at least in my mind. Tosafot seems to be suggesting the way the Aharonim read Tosafot is by grabbing that piece of wood, it's tikkun mana, it's considered fixing and finishing the utensil by appropriating it for this usage. Now, that's quite the hidush. It needs to be tested out. Which, you didn't do which is an amazing thing. Okay, but that's the suggestion of Tosafot. It could and maybe should be revisited on another occasion. Okay, back in the Gemara. So again, Darash Rava Isha Lotikanes and if that uh, piece of wood, which would be used as a, as a cleaning utensil, is, is broken on Yom Tov, you can't in turn say, oh, I'll throw it in as fire. Lefi. The reason is, Statement of Rava is because the, the rationale is, you're allowed to use as fire, um, uh, as, as, as something that will bring forth fire, kelim, utensils. If this item entering into the day was a utensil, what was the utensil? It was the sweeping utensil. It broke on Yom Tov, that's considered nolad, it's something that was not designated for that entering the day, and in turn may not be used as a, uh, even firewood. That's his statement. Says the Gemara, lememra, uh, this is implying at this juncture the Gemara says it explicitly that Rava is, seems to be following the opinion of Rabbi Huda, who has the concept of Mukseh. Let's pause and understand that for a second. Again, Rava's statement is that if I have this piece of wood which is already used to sweep out the oven and it breaks on Yom Tov, I can't now reappropriate it and use it as firewood. Why not? Mukseh, nolad. It's not something which entering into the day was appropriate to be used for firewood. It was my mind was not on it for that. A wood broom. This, this case, the second case of Rava, a wood broom. I have a wood broom. It broke. I can't now throw it into the fireplace. That's assuming nolad. That's assuming mukseh. Says the Gemara, veha amar le Rava. Don't we have an alternative contrasting statement of Rava himself? 
That's the rabbi who over here is telling us, you can't use the wood broom to now throw into the fireplace, to throw into the oven. Didn't Rava say to his helper, Taveli bar avza meeha Apparently Rava said to his helper on Yom Tov the following, Taveli bar avza, um, roast for me this duck. Vishadeh and throw me'eha, its innards, Lishunra, we know Shunra from Pesach, I think, to the cat. Uh, one second, so let me understand this appropriately. So entering into the holiday, I looked at this duck and I said, delicious duck to be eaten. When you look at a duck, generally speaking, here's how Rashi fills in the gaps together with Tosafot. I eat the whole duck. On Yom Tov, there's plenty of food to be eaten. You eat the fine parts of the duck. You eat the meaty parts of the duck, not the innards of the duck which means to say now to say it succinctly. Entering into the holiday, the duck was appropriate for consumption by human beings. On the holiday, when I have the table set, when I have lots of meat and I have all types of food prepared, nobody's going to touch the innards of the duck any longer. As a result, Rava on the holiday turns to his helper and says, throw the innards to the cat. How could you say that? Entering into the holiday, weren't the innards consumption pieces for human beings? What's that? We did, but we but did at the same time on the same. Right. In other words, you could take human food and give it to animals. You can't take anim- You can't take in this circumstance something which was for human beings, like a keli, and reappropriate it for animals. That's. It's not to say that we're dealing. That's the suggestion. The question here in the Gemara, Rashi, throw the innards to the cat. Um, says says and according to Rabbi Huda, you should not be allowed to give it to the to the cat. Yesterday it was prepared for consumption by human beings. and not for dogs. That is, uh, Eli bringing us back to the Gemaran Davav. If you recall, the Gemaran Davav said, if it wasn't Nevela, if it wasn't already dead before Shabbat, meaning it was going to be eaten by a human being, it's Asur to give to the Klavim. Well, how then is Rava, on the one hand, going like Rabbi Huda, that there's a problem of Nolad, of Muqseh on Yom Tov? Where do we see that in him? With the broom. The broom broke on the holiday, can't now use it as firewood. Whereas on the other hand, he says, entering into the holiday, the duck is entirely food for a human being. On the holiday, you slaughtered the duck, you have plenty of food for the human beings, so give the innards to animals. You can't do that. There was consumption that was food for human beings before Yom Tov. Do you follow the question? So we have a sitir, we have a stira, we have a contradiction in the opinion of Rava. Does Rava maintain the stringent opinion of Rabbi Huda of Mukseh, as we saw him in the broom for the oven, or alternatively, in this case of giving the innards to the cat, he seems to be implying He's otherwise. The, the way it works, apparently, this is the way Tosafot fills in the gaps. That's, that's the way I presented it. It's the way Tosafot interprets this. Because apparently the way it would work um, it is that you would, correct, generally speaking, you would even eat the inner God. Otherwise, you don't understand the whole Gemara. Otherwise, the Gemara doesn't read straight. Because on Erev Yom Tov, so then what was it? I'm always giving the innards to animals. The way Tosafot fills in the gaps for Rashi, and they twist it a little bit, is entering into the holiday, you have a weekday uh, mindset. I'm just having one duck for dinner. One duck for dinner, we're eating the innards as well. 
on Yom Tov, when I have enough meat prepared, nobody eats the innards at that point. And as a result, it's specifically the entering into Yom Tov and on Yom Tov. Correct. Correct. You're not allowed to feed the Correct. animal on Yom Tov. Oh, great. Oh, you're leaving bones behind. Whatever. The point is, bones are consumable for animals because entering the holiday, you never had that in mind. It's like the Bnei Ayim on Yom Tov itself. All right. So that being the case, says the Gemara, that's the contradiction. So not that it's not. It is edible. So was the broomstick uh, edible by the fire? The broomstick can and would be thrown into the fire. It just entering into the holiday, entering into Yom Tov, it was a broomstick. Yeah, I understand, but, but That's the same thing. We know there's a difference though, because the only way I can get to the innards is by shafting the goose the same way. And the answer is sure not gonna be. And the only way that I would think yeah. about using this broomstick as firewood is once it's broken. But it's not, but, but I know I'm shutting the goose, eat the goose. Oh, goose, yeah. they say? I thought it's a duck, yeah. Okay, right. duck. The other one, the, 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 the stick broke. I understand. I don't really understand the hiluk. Ultimately speaking, the da'at ben ha'adam in ben Hashem Ashot entering into Yom Tob was on this or not on this? Was he going to use this for fire? Certainly not. Was he going to be eating the innards? What's the answer? Certainly. Certainly. That's right. On the holiday, he's not eating the innards. Why not? No, no, no. On the goose, which for sure going to eat the goose, which for sure going to be stuck with the innards. I'm shifting the goose. But I'm going to be eating the innards for myself, not for a machal behemah. Oh, I didn't know that I had enough food? I didn't think like that. I'm on a weekday mindset. I understand the dohat, but that's the way we read the Gemara. Again, the Gemara and Avav told us that if it wasn't nitnavela, me'er of Yom Tov, in such a circumstance, you can't now give it to animals. It needs to be dead before the holiday. I, I, I understand. That strengthens my question. It, it, it fortifies your question. Yeah. Understood. Yeah, okay. Says the Gemara. The intended use switched on the holiday. Correct. Correct. Again, Jared says, but we all know what's going to happen. Okay, lemaaseh, you're not in that. You don't actually think like that until you're in your Yom Tob head. All right, anyway, says the Gemara Hatam. Just to be clear on this point, because you were thinking you might eat it, 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 it's not allowed to be given to the people. Correct. It's now going to be considered mukseh to be used for anything else, or nolad is the more precise word for anything else, meaning to be given to the pet. Uh, I don't even know if it's a pet. Uh, Shunra, yeah, it's a cat, it's a pet. Says the Gemara, unless it's just a household pet, uh, cat, which is to be uh, eating um, mice or something like that. It would be applied to any pet. Yes, yeah, yeah. Says the Gemara, Hatam, the distinction is that when it came to the case of Rava, the latter case of Rava, where he was giving the innards of the goose to the cat, kevan de misrahe me'etmol da'ate illave. Explains Rashi, kevan de misrahe, misrahe, misrah means something that's spoiled. Im yanichem letzorech mahar, Vehayom, says Rashi, if you were to leave them for tomorrow, meaning the innards, they would, and you know in your mind they'll be spoiled. Vehayom lo sarich lahem, and today on Yom Tov you have no necessity, no need for them. Effectively, Jared, it comes to your answer in a roundabout way. Me'etmol da'ate ilavayu lahashlicham lahatol, lahatul. Says Rashi, in interpreting the answer of the Gemara, since entering into the holiday. 
I know that even if those innards, I'm going to say for after Yom Tov, after all, I'm a human being and I would on Yom on whole be eating the innards. But those innards would not be suitable to be eaten after Yom Tov. Uh, what are you going to do? You're going to slaughter it. You're not going to eat them on Yom Tov because you have better meat to be eaten on Yom Tov. You're going to save it for after Yom Tov without refrigeration, without freezer capabilities. It's going to spoil. Therefore, even on Ed of Yom Tov, on the eve of Yom Tov, you look at this goose and you say about its innards, those are even now understandable for me. I have the perspective, I have the foresight that they're going to be eaten by animals. What's that? But it's more than that. It's not that an animal will, of course an animal will always eat it. It's that I would never eat this. There's no chance that I'm going to be eating this. So if it was a five pound, that was not kosher in the say, then... 100% mutah to be given to the animal. That was never my da'at on it. That's like the spoiled, like the bones, etc. Okay, this next Mishnah in the Masechet begins with matters that are familiar with us based on what we've been addressing and ends with what might be, well, one of the most significant lines in Masechet Betzah, and that is when it comes to the issue of electricity on Yom Tov, it's this Mishnah which is pointed to invariably, Masechet Betzah, Daflamit Gimala Mudalef, with regards to what the status of electricity could or should be on Yom Tov. Think for a moment before we even get into the Sefa, the end of the Mishnah, about what the prohibition would be. Ultimately speaking, we said, Melechet Ochel Nefesh is permitted on Yom Tov. You're allowed to do the activities which is going to bring to food. The Mishnah told us on Daf Yod Bet and the Gemara, Mitoch Sheutar Letzorech Ochel Nefesh, Hutar, for any other matter, provided that the Poskim told us, Tosafot and others, it's for Simchat Yom Tov, it's going to be for my enjoyment of the day. Then why should fire, electricity, or anything be asur on Yom Tov, that's what we're going to address in the latter part of this Mishnah. But the first part of the Mishnah uh, brings, us to, brings us forward on matters that we're somewhat familiar with already. Rabili Ezer Omer. There's going to be a mahlog between Rabili Ezer and Chachamim. Notel Adam kesam mitmiz shelefanav lachatzot bo shinav umegabev min hachatzer umadlik shekol ma shebehatzer muchanhu. The statement of Rabili Ezer goes as follows. You're allowed to take a kesam Kesam is, what do they translate, twig? It's a small piece of wood, a sliver of wood, okay. Mishelefanav, that word we'll have to return to. Rashi says it's over here, love bedavka. It's being used as a toothpick, um, but it's not already craft. It's not in a jar of toothpicks. Lahatsos bo shinav, the purpose of taking this small sliver of wood is to pick meat, Rashi says, out of your feet, uh, out of your teeth. What else is stuck in your teeth? So pause for a second. Why is that permitted? Oh, clearly, Rabbi Yezer is not of the opinion that we've been working with until now, the Rabbi Uda opinion. Remember Rabbi Uda? Rabbi has been telling us, Clearly, Rabbi Yezer disagrees with that. Further, means to gather, means to bring together, you're allowed to gather many pieces of slivers of wood, umadlik, and to in turn light them. So that's a separate statement. Over there, of course you're allowed to. What would the issue be? Obviously, it has something to do with the gathering. Uh, is that a gathering issue? What's that? It's your courtyard. It's there. Statement in turn is mutar. 
but did I have it set aside for firewood? As Eli said, since it's my courtyard, anything that's in my courtyard, my front yard, my backyard, is mukhan. There's not going to be a problem with mukseh. Why else is it there? Of course, it's there so that I can use it for fire. Okay, that's the statement of Rabili Ezer. The Hachamim disagree on both points. The Hachamim Omrim, Migabev Mishelefanav. Hachamim statement is you're allowed to gather that which is in front of you. Not, oh, not the courtyard, but rather matters which are right there, umadlik, and on that you can only light. Oh, slow for a second. Why can't I gather more that which is in the courtyard as well? What would the issue be, Rashi? From the courtyard, lo. You can take from what's in the house, but not in the courtyard. Why not? Since they're, they're slight, they're, they're thin. And it's going to be uh, it's, they can, it's difficult to gather them together. We assume it's considered because my mindset is not on it. Since it's so difficult to gather all of those twigs, all those small pieces of wood together, my mind is not on them. It's a Torah. It's a burden on Yom Tov. It's going to be considered mukseh. If it's in my home, if it's right there, permitted. If it's out in the field, I have to gather it together. Asur. That's statement number one. Statement number two of Hachamim. They bring us back to the Rebihuda we know and love already. They say the only thing you could use this for is not picking your teeth, but firewood. So it means there's a twofold mahlok of Biliyaz and Hachamim on this matter. Number one, can I take the small pieces that are in the courtyard? Hachamim, no. Rabbi Eliezer, yes, for some reason. Similar to that. So, right, bring, brings us back to cases that we heard earlier. Agreed. Uh, second issue is what can I use it for? Can I use it even to pick my teeth? Uh, that's Rabbi Eliezer's opinion. It might be aligned with Rabbi Shimon, might be the way to say it at this point. Rabbi Uda, Hachamim disagree. Concludes the Mishnah in ways that seemingly don't really connect to this first part of the Mishnah, other than I'm dealing with wood for fire and matters of that sort. Let's talk about how you can or cannot start a fire on Yom Tov. En ta'ur, you may not bring forth fire. Lo min not from wood. How would you bring forth fire from wood? What do we mean by that? By rubbing the wood one against the other. Velo min ha'avanim, not from stones, knocking them or rubbing them as well, one against the other. Matter of fact, the Gemara Masech Pesachim says that's how the first fire was created on Motzei Shabbat. Adam HaRishon took two pieces of rock, of rock and rubbed them or banged them against each other to bring forth fire. Velo min ha'athar, velo min ha're'afim, velo min ha'mayim, and concludes, uh, can, continues the Mishnah, you're not allowed to use sand, if that would in some way. Rashi explains it's if you have ground which has karka uh, kashe, it's ground, it's sand, which is susceptible to heat in that respect. That'll bring forth sparks by, by digging it. Those are tiles. If you're rubbing or using tiles in some way or another uh, of clay that are heated up to the extent that it'll bring forth fire. Rashi explains if you put water into a utensil and then let the rays of the sun uh, somehow affect it and bring and then you touch to that 
um, uh, some sort of fabric which brings forth fire. All that is asur. Why is all this asur? We'll even skip the last line of the Mishnah. Why is this all asur? What's the isur? Rashi tells us two words in the first wide line of Rashi, mishum de molid. Those are the key words. It's called molid. This is not the nolad. We were talking about something that just happened. It's I'm birthing something new on the holidays. That Yisur from the Torah, it's Yisur from the rabbis. And Yisur de Rabbanan. We saw some similar things. This We saw molid reah earlier in the Masechet, which we'll talk about again. But fundamentally, this Mishnah, this concept is what underlies the whole debating conversation with regards to electricity. You have to use a pre-existing one as opposed to molid, says the Mishnah. We'll return to this in the next class. Baruch Adonai Amen.